thank y'all for tuning in for another episode of Blizzard's Ignorant Podcast, man. I am uh, joined today by uh, a comedic beast in the in the room right now, man. One of the, <laughs> I would say, they call him one of the young lions in the in the game, man. Um, <laughs> but I get to chop it up with him, man, because I met him um, very briefly uh, at a, at a college conference one time before. But I've seen his work online, man, and I think it's gonna be a great episode, man. Welcome, Mike Paramore, to the Blizzard Ignorant Podcast. Mike, what's good, man? People, what's good with you, family? I, cooler, I, I can't cooler, call man. it, man. I listen. I, I ran across you not through words or people talking, just seeing you online, and I saw yeah, a yeah. set, and I was like, "Yo, dude, is laughing at his own stuff." Like I was like, "Oh, this is funny." <laughs> like you know, what I mean? and it was funny, but I was like, when I was peeping, like how you was doing it, because you know, as comedians, we kind of we gauging and we like, hmm. We'll dissect, we'll dissect yeah. the way a person uses words and all right. that. Right, but yeah. I'm like, yo, this dude is really laughing at his own joke, right? <laughs> so <laughs> it, it threw me at first, cause I was like, did he do that on purpose? I'm like, nah, that dude really caught laughter on that one. Like he really well, here's, laughed here's, at that. So here's what it is. Well, here's what's uh-huh. funny. So uh, when I do comedy, a lot of times I'll give myself 10 or so seconds after a joke to just riff and chill and see what I can get out of it. Right, right, right. And and sometimes I'll catch myself off guard. Like, I don't, like, like that'd be real. Like, sometimes I really, like, I'll say something like, wow. In my head, I'll be like, wow, I probably should have said that. <laughs> but that's just, that's just the nature of how I get down. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's the fun part for me. Like, I like I don't knock any comedian that do they set and stick to their jokes. But I'm just talking about me personally. It's just not fun to just go up on stage and press play and just say my jokes and bounce. Like, I like to... You like to adventure, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, see what yeah. see what happens, see what I can pull out. There's so many jokes. You know this as a writer. There's so many, there's only so far you can take a joke on paper before you mm-hmm. gotta say it and get the rest of it out. You can't finish a joke on paper. You finish it in front of an audience, you finish right. it in the vibe and what comes out. You right. gotta give yourself that, that little flex time to, to 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 see and explore where a joke could go. And uh I probably do that more than I should. <laughs> Well, so I, sometimes I, I'll get in trouble or I catch myself off guard. But I think it uh I think it's more organic that way. Like, you know, because every audience is different. Some people don't understand, like they'll go, uh, but you tell the same joke. I go, yeah, but man, it's different. You know, like mm-hmm. sometimes a crowd ain't feeling it that way. And you actually gotta change that joke mid-sentence because oh, yeah. you know that they're not gonna vibe with you based off the last joke you just told. And it's like um, you do find them gems that way. When you have an audience member that yells something out and you go, word, like, you know, like, <laughs> you go. And then now I'm going to give you a prime example, bro. I'm going to give you a prime example. So there's a, this is a joke I do about because most of my stuff is about relationships. You know, I, I'm that's my whole that's my whole brand is relationships. Right. So it's this uh-huh. joke that I tell about um, about men and women and women starting out with a head start with the toys that they play with and all that type of stuff. Like men, men are learning. The original joke was the original tagline was um, while men are playing with Ninja Turtles and stuff, women are um, learning how to run a household and stuff like that. Right. Right. And then there was, so there was this one time where I was uh, a dude had used that line, like Mm -hmm. run a household, in his joke before me. So I was watching, you know, I'm a fan of comedy. I still watch the comics that go before me. Absolutely. So I was watching his set and he had used that line. I don't remember what his joke was, but he used the line similar to mine. And I was like, you know what? I can't, I can't 
say that. I can't use that because he just used it as a punch for one of his jokes. Right. So I went up there and then, so out of that, I came off like, yeah, men, you know, women playing with dolls and, and, and kitchens and fake kitchens and, 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 and babies. And I'm like, men, while men are learning how uh, to play with Ninja Turtles, women are learning how to be a independent single mom for no reason. So I can't, <laughs> so I, I just was letting myself riff and I came up with independent single mom, like little girls are learning how to be independent single moms. And uh, when I tell you the crowd blew up and it was way better than, way better response than the other punchline got, way better. Right, right. So right. I, that was birthed from watching another comedian, watching him do his set and him flexing on his and me realizing, oh, I need to make it audible. I need to adjust real quick. Right. And then I ended up coming with a better, coming up with a better punchline than the original one was. Right, right. So, so a joke ain't done until the audience hear it. A joke nah, ain't done it, into the audience here. It's amazing, man. Like, I always feel like, uh, I always feel like, yo, I can't wait to go try this in an audience. And then when you don't get the response you want, I, I remember I got a joke, man, that I do that I'm so proud of. Like, my pin, I feel like, I feel like my pin was at on, on 10 that day. And I said, yo, mm. this is, this is fucking genius. And I go out there and I display it and I hit it like everything I wanted to do. I hit it exactly the way I was supposed to hit it based off how I wrote it. And they applauded it. Mm. They didn't laugh. They applauded it. And I was like, mm. no. Right? I was like, no. I was <laughs> mad. I was, I, was, I was like, I said, the fact that they applauded it let me know that there's something there, Bliss. Like there's something right. there. But I was like, Damn, like they, they just was like, yo, we appreciate that. That was nice. Like, and I was yeah, like, yeah, nah. yeah. <laughs> nah, 100%, bro. So it's funny because the reason why I say uh, a joke's not finished until an audience hears it is because not only because you don't know what you might come up with, but also because you might have designated laugh points, but that don't mean the audience is on right. that same page. I've right. told jokes. I've got up there and told jokes that I've written and nobody laughed at where I thought everybody's going to laugh at, but they died laughing at some bull that I just wrote down the field to make it two minutes. And they exactly. died laughing at that part. Exactly. The part, the part gets laughs that you didn't even intend on getting laughs at. Right. And then you got to go and read because the audience is your boss. So you got to go and redo that joke, get that punchline out, emphasize the part that they laughed at that you didn't think was going to get a laugh. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. So until the audience hears it, you ain't done. You ain't done. Let, let me ask you this. So do you take material um, that you've done on record or on TV or recording and redo it? Um, it depends. So okay. I do a lot of I do a lot of different stuff. I started right. as a clean comedian, started doing comedy clubs. Now I can do dry bar i can do cruise ships i can do corporate gigs colleges and they all require different flexes right? right right so there are there have been plenty of times where i was like oh man i got to do a cruise ship which requires you to do the most material you got to have like two hours of material to do a cruise ship right. so you 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 all the way in your bag you elbow deep in your bag like right. what did i tell when i first did that first five minutes you know what i mean mm -hmm. so there's been times where i've had to get in my to, to dig in my bag for some stuff and change it to make it modern or change it to make it relevant to the day but um 
it's definitely been some situations where you're like, nah, this joke, I got to redo this. <laughs> right. <laughs> that right. I had to go in the bag. Yeah. For if, if you got one of them clean shows, college shows, corporate gigs, and you're just like, well, so I only got an hour mm-hmm. of this period. So mm-hmm. I got to, I got to make sure this hour is top notch and I got to grab something from back here. Back <laughs> in the day. Yeah, that time. that fill the time. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, what I do sometimes if, if I'm flowing a certain way and they're like, I'm not getting in a crowd or maybe the crowd is in a lull and I, and I know that some of my stuff is about to get a little bit more crazy and I, they haven't followed me so far. I'll pull back from like an album or something like, I mean, let me grab a couple jokes from here or whatever to kind yeah, of something that you know right. is going to work. Yeah, because and then sometimes that don't work. You go, you know what? I forgot how I told that joke. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like, it's like I got see the my thing. I cannot remember the comedian's name right off top, but mm-hmm. I was it, I had only been doing comedy for like two years, mm-hmm. and I watched this comedian. Um, it was a Wednesday night, Columbus, Ohio, and he his first twenty minutes. I didn't notice it up off top, but his first twenty minutes. By the time he got to his jokes, I'm like, oh snap, he. He just did 20 minutes and he didn't do any jokes. That was all crowd work. He was just, he was just right. flexing. Right. And I was, and I, once I saw that, I was like, I need that in my life. I need to learn how to do that. Mm-hmm. So I start, I start actively trying to do that. Like if I had five minutes, I would only prepare four and I would make myself come up with something for a minute. And then I, oh. when I got that down, then it was, if I had to do seven or eight minutes, I only prepared five minutes and let myself flex in between, or like I would pop in the audience, come back out, pop back in, whatever the case is until I was, now I can say I could probably do 45 without telling a joke if the audience is good. You know what I mean? If the audience is good. Right. So if the audience um, is good. So that's what I do in the set. And in the, in the instance that you just explained, that's what I go to. If I, yeah. if I can't get, if I haven't, if my jokes haven't gotten you, I know my crowd work will. Right. So Big J Okerson, perfect example. I worked with him before. Um, I've seen him go on stage and do 30. Told two jokes. Yeah. And the rest of it was crowd work. Yeah. And, I, and he was crowd working to weave into these jokes. Yeah. But I was like, yo, he's like, I don't. He's like, some days, you know, I don't like late show, second show. He said, I don't want to, I don't want to start going down the list of jokes. I just want to, I want to go out there. Cause that's the fun part for you. That's the fun part for the comedian. It is. And I've been in those situations. We've all stepped on stage before. And you know, the, do you know the breakdown? Like, you know, the, the, let's, 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 let's take the walls down for a second. Let me, (laughs) let me fill this crowd out for a second. Maybe you didn't. Yeah. Not figuring them out from the uh, feature. Maybe the host didn't do a good enough job where you can actually gauge the audience. So you get out there and you just start bullshitting with them. Mm-hmm. You start talking about local references. You start talking about me visiting here and mm-hmm. bullshit y'all town is on or whatever. And yeah. you might get into like 10 or 15 minutes like, man, let me start the show. And Bruh, like they, yeah. they sit there like, what? <laughs> like, let me, let me start yeah. talking. You know what that mean? happened to me in Minnesota. That happened to me in Minnesota yeah. because yeah. Uh, I was I was headlining the House of Comedy in the Mall of America. And um, the crowd, it was one of those crowds where they were having way too much of a good time like everybody was talking everybody like everybody was answering the jokes as if you was talking directly to them and 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 it was so it wasn't one of those crowds where you can light into somebody because everybody was having a good time right so you couldn't really just light into a a heckler like if somebody was just being rude 
So it was one of those things where I was like, okay, y'all not going to let me get through no jokes. So, and I knew this through, through the feature set. So yeah. I went up there, I went up there immediately, started bullshitting right off top. So I started, I started clowning how they treated the feature. I started clowning where the mall was located. And then from there, it was a couple that said something and I started clowning them because one thing I learned about hecklers, I would say 90% because I've, I've had this proven wrong, but I would say 90% of the time, the attention they think they want ain't the attention they want. They don't want that soon as, smoke. Soon as soon as I give you that attention, that you yelling out random stuff and being a hero for your table, now now I see you, bruh. Now I see you. <laughs> and, let's, and let's see if you want that attention that you're going for. Listen, man, them hecklers, they, it sounds like a good idea when they first start. <laughs> it, I mean, in their head, it sounds like a good idea. And you, like myself, you're a big dude. Like, it's not, it's like, it's funny. Like, I'm I'm I'm. I'm approachable, you know what I'm saying? Mm. I'm 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 nice, I'm I'm friendly looking. But if I'm on stage and that that frown come on my face and I stop <laughs> and I stare at you like you a child and like people be like, "Yo, this dude kind of mad." I go, "Listen. Uh, we can I can not tell jokes and I can spend that time however y'all want to spend this time. <laughs> but if you continue to talk to me, I'm going to take offense to it, right? And I'll be fine. Like, I'll finish the show and everything will be fine. And I'm great up here. I said, but out there, I'm an <laughs> asshole, man. And I'm like, so I don't know if you really want to keep going here. And then, like, sometimes they chill out. And then, like, one time this, this lady, man, she was, man, she wouldn't stop. And I told the dude, I said, dude, get your lady to be quiet, man. I said, because I'm sizing you up. And <laughs> And everybody started laughing or whatever. And I said, you ever been knocked out by a comedian before? And then everybody started laughing. He was like kicking her, like trying to nudge her to tell her to be quiet. She's like, you ain't going to do nothing. He a cop. I was like, I was like, I was like, I was like, he ain't on duty. I was like, I was like, you don't laugh like that. Was like, so funny. Nah, I love, I love, to me, I'm the, I'm, I'm kind of the opposite because I'm going to try to light you up. I'm going to yeah. try to light you up and, and do it without, upsetting you or clown or yeah. well, I'm a clown you would have like backdoor clowning like like prime example um um one dude when I was in Minnesota he was uh he was just answering me like it was our like I was having a conversation with him like I was I would say a joke he'd be like yeah man that's right man you let's you tell him and, and I'm like <laughs> and I'm just like and I'm and so I laugh and I'm a I'm a I'm let's be honest I'm adorable like I'm not like I'm not super like I'm not I'm very I'm I'm very I'm not super sexy but I'm adorable in the mud right like I'm very like that's my superpower on stage is I'm likable right, right I can right. get I get away with saying some reckless stuff to people right. because I I look snuggly in the mud you know what I mean so right, right. so he's doing this thing everybody he's on everybody's nerves at this point right right so he says something to me and I'm like. um, and I, and I just look at him. He was like, my bad. Are you mad? You mad? I'm my bad, man. And I'm like, nah, I'm not mad that you're having a good time. I'm mad that your girl way better than you. Like, why? <laughs> how did you? Like, what type of your swag was able to get that chick? That's what I'm saying. Like, I I, I like you. I want to know how you get down. Because if I <laughs> if I can get a chick three points hotter than me and be drunk like you on a regular, it's it's a seven o'clock show, bro. It ain't even late. So you just see what I'm saying. So I'm I'm lightening to this dude for like three minutes straight. Right. right. And I and I and I'm praising him. Like I'm not I'm not like destroying his life, but right. everybody's laughing at him. And at the same time, he's still 
engaged. He still has so, his, yeah, he still got his wits about him. Yeah. That's probably one of my favorite things to do is like light somebody up, but like back door. Like, yeah. like nobody's mad. Nobody's gonna be mad after I get finished lighting you up. You know what I'm saying? Like your girl might feel bad and you might get some sympathy buns out of the show, but nobody's mad. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely, absolutely. I feel you. So that. that's my favorite. I don't really like to clown because I don't want to risk turning the room against me. Because <laughs> if you you know this, if you if you get a heckler before everybody's had a chance to get annoyed by him, right, then they're gonna sympathize with him because they don't know why the big personal stage with the microphone is 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 crapping on a little guy. crapping on a little guy right yeah. and it, it, you know it's very um and a lot of times you know when you're in the headliner spot you already seen it happening like they've already got on the feature they've already got on the mm-hmm. host then it's come to you and they're like this guy right there at that table like I, i've seen it already you know what i mean so you already kind of go ahead and i mean i've ever been times where i step on stage and they start right away and i go listen listen and then like the crowd already know like <laughs> can i go to this table right here Y'all, y'all on thin ice, man. Love like, it. To be honest with you, bro, I love it. If I, the more, yeah. I feel like it's an accomplishment. The more of my hour I can do without doing my jokes. <laughs> there you go. I'm, more, I'm power to, more power to the people. I have a clip was on YouTube. It's, 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 it's bad. I actually start, my album starts with it. Um, my, uh, my TTBS album. Uh, it's me opening for Big J Ogerson in Virginia Beach. Mm. And I'm in the middle of a joke, and the and the crowd, you can see them turning around. It's this table just talking, and I just stop in the middle of my. I'm like, man, shut the fuck up! I just say that shit loud <laughs> as hell, and and I stop, and everybody in the audience starts clapping, and this one dude yell out from the back, "That's that bullshit!" I said, "It is," and <laughs> and then like we go in, I said, "Listen, man, um, I said, yo, table talk to a minimum, man. Like, if I'm not that funny, walk outside." You know what I'm saying? I'm like, we we straight, we good. And they and it was like, yeah. And I was like, all right. I said, like, I ain't got my, I was like, shoot. I said, uh, I ain't got no kids in here, but I'll take my butt off in this motherfucker. <laughs> and I started laughing or whatever. And I, uh, when my album, I, uh, I took the, uh, the, the, the Roots album, Rising Down, when they had mm. that argument in the beginning of their album, and they said Once Upon a Dime in 1994. And I, I did the same thing for my album, put that joint, and then I put that clip in there, me telling somebody, shut the fuck up. And I was like, is that how your show you think? I was like, nah, it was just that that time. Yeah, whatever. nah, you got to sometimes. You got to. Time, man, we've we've had those situations where that chatter, because you know, we got so many things going in our head while we're on stage. And drunk and people don't know how loud they are. They don't. They don't. And um, you know, we we can tell a joke and be thinking about the next joke or thinking about, like you said, a punchline, a tagline, or something like that. And if we get confused. We say, did I just say that part? Did I just say that joke? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like, we, like we, we don't know where we going sometimes on that stage. You know what I mean? I be love, I, like I said, I welcome it, bro. I really do. Yeah. Like there was, it's been a couple of times where it'd be like that talking table, and I'd be like, I've, I've said, um, it, uh, it happened in Richmond, actually, Richmond, Virginia, and you know that's an that's borderline okay. an urban club. Like, uh, yeah, that one, yeah, that one, yeah, I like that one. Yeah, that one. and yeah. so uh, there was a loud table. And I'm like, uh, similar to you, I'm like, y'all realize how loud y'all are, man? Do you realize that? And dude, and dude, like, um, he's like, go ahead on, man, tell your jokes. I'm like, I'm trying. <laughs> you are not letting me, bro. 
and you're not even whispering like I'm not funny. Like you're not y'all having a conversation like you just found out your boy is fucking your girl. Like y'all y'all and everybody just start dying laughing. I'm like I don't know what information that you just got out of your friend, but y'all need to talk about that outside texting some. But this ain't a conversation for a crowded room. <laughs> oh my god, bro! So I, I just was like, I was just mad because I'm like, y'all not like when I'm not funny, you whisper to that man. This dude ain't, yeah, this dude ain't funny, man. I could do a better job, but no, y'all having a conversation, a like y'all trying to get information out of each other, like y'all, Absolutely. like y'all into it. Um, Absolutely. Do my feel- boy, my boy had a, a um a throwaway that he always uses, and I thought it was genius. And I'm like, if it wasn't a throwaway, if you made that up, I'd have stole it from you because I don't know who you stole it from, so I ain't gonna use it. But <laughs> I wish, I wish my boy would have came up with it because I'd have stole it from him. He was like, uh, it was real polite, and that's how I love to get down. But he was like, um, he was like, excuse me, y'all. It was a table making noise. He's like, excuse me, y'all. I realize how annoying it could be for you to be trying to have a conversation and they build a comedy club around you and start inviting people in. <laughs> <laughs> but it's already happened now, so I need y'all to be quiet. <laughs> I was like, nigga, that's genius. That joke is hilarious. Yeah, that's funny. That's I was that's like, I old, wish you made that up. I'd have stole that from you. That's some old, that's some old, yeah, man. That's some old, that's crazy. How how long have you been doing it, man? How long have you been doing comedy? Oh man, um what 11, 12, 12, 12. years, maybe? Cool, Dang. man. So so yeah, I started, uh, I started late, seven? man. Yeah, I started late. I was like 26, 27 when I started doing comedy. You started late. I started yeah. late. Like, bro, I started in 2005. So I was 30, I was 30, 33. Yeah. When I started, yeah. So um, that's what, I remember when I did one of my first sets at an urban room. And one of the comedians, one of my mentors, uh, DS, mm. was like, and you started too late, my dude. I was like, he go, you good too. I was like, shut up, man. I was like, and then he goes, he goes, nah, just he goes, though, they look at you like that, man. It's like, you know, a certain level, you still supposed to be at a certain age. They look at the youth, they look at all these different things. He said, Don't don't get me wrong, you can better make your money. You can be able to make your mark, you can be able to do the things that you want to do. He's like, but some people are gonna look past you, man, just because of the fact of the age. Well, the I think that that's that's kind of right, but you it's not, I mean, it's not impossible. You just got to put yourself in the right yeah. positions to succeed. Absolutely. You know, there's a lot of people that, you know, Steve Harvey was old when he popped. Um, Alonzo Bowden was, Alonzo Bowden was old. I, had, when he I wish I had started earlier. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So like when I started, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, but Definitely. I feel like, I feel like my material wouldn't have been as good though. I'd have been talking about bullshit. I'd have been way more hacky. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, what's funny <laughs> is, what's funny is me telling jokes made me, uh, use my inner monologue a little bit more, which which led to me writing more jokes because I studied psychology in college, so I was always a weird thinker. Um, I've always thought weird. I've always thought pretty much anti-social norm my entire life, but I always considered that a detriment. Now it's a now it's an attribute. It's like yes, yes. let's go let's go hear the weird stuff Mike about to talk about. Right and right. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so it was something I shied away from earlier, but. I think if I'd have started comedy earlier and started that process earlier, I'd probably been yeah. famous by now. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because now you old, you got responsibility. Like I got bills. You know what I'm saying? Like absolutely. if I started comedy when I was 18, I probably would have moved to LA when I was 22, Abs- 23 years old. Absolutely. I, I had, See, I had my- when I started <laughs> when I started comedy, like I had bills. I couldn't I, I was engaged. I was <laughs> like, yo, I did my shit I had bills. Yeah, I did my I couldn't, I couldn't drop. 
I couldn't drop and move nowhere. Nigga. I had stuff. Nigga. <laughs> right, right, right. So when you started in, you know, when you were 26, you started in Cleveland or where, where, where were you at? I was actually in I was actually in Columbus, Ohio. So, like so I, your I, home, I left your Cleveland. Home was a funny bone. Well, that's where I started. You Word. know, they, 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 it's not a good home club, but that's nah, where I started. Well, you know why? I, you know I, um, you know I feature for the Funny Bones and Improv because I met Stroop. Like I met him mm-hmm. in Iowa of all places mm-hmm. at, the, yeah. at the at the ten k, and I had been emailing him. I'm like, I drive up from Charlotte, man. Just let me know. You know I'll come up mm-hmm. and do my set. And everybody kept saying, "Man, listen though, listen, bro. If you get up there, you better be ready because <laughs> he don't like." It was funny, man, because it was so weird. Um, Cause I had I had kept hearing people go up there and they're like, yeah, man. He said I was all right, but I needed to work more. And I'm like, yo, but you are right, you cool, you fun. He's like, he, not that night. I was like, damn. So when I went, what well, was Iowa, funny is he's looking for he's looking for yeah. What 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 Stroop Stroop is a is a different type of dude. He a different yeah, type of dude. Yeah. So I went up when I went up to Iowa, man. Um, I went up there and what happened was I get up there and my bookers, the, my home club people were there. Mm. They're like, Bliss, what the hell are you doing in Iowa? I was like, yo, at the 10K, I was like, I, I wanted to do, get in front of Stroop. Like that. <laughs> so so half who owns the Comedy Zones was like, you want to meet him? I'm like, yeah, but where he at? He was like, he going to the bathroom. He coming right out. He came out. He said, Stroop, this uh Jay Bliss. He part of our camp in, in Charlotte. So Stroop was like, is that a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> half was like, if he ain't funny, we ain't got no camp in Charlotte. <laughs> so Stroop was like, okay, well, we'll see what happens or whatever. And so Stroop was like, uh, you gonna be funny? I said, dude, I'm black in Iowa. I came up here so I can get booked. So yeah, everything <laughs> is gonna work out fine. He was like, all right. <laughs> so I was like, and we went up there, man, and it was 14 comics on the first show and 13 of them were horrible and one dude was funny. <laughs> Second second set was 14 comics, 13 dudes were fucking hilarious, and one dude wasn't funny. God, I, I hate that. that. I was on the second show, and I went sixth, and the first person to go on stage was Ambrose Jones, and he destroyed the stage. And I was like, what in the hell, right? Yeah, and I, when I turned yeah. my win, this four, this four, 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 five more people kill, or four more people kill. I go up and do mine, and when I get off, it's a dude in the back like, "Yo, you murdered it," and I'm going, "How?" And they're like, <laughs> "Yours was just a little bit different." I'm like, "How?" <laughs> you know, like I'm standing around, like looking around, and it was, it was one of those things where I don't know, just everything hit that night. Yeah. And, and uh, so, what did what did you did you move on? Yeah. Well, no. Here's the thing. <laughs> I won crowd favorite. Mm. but didn't make it to the final. <laughs> and I was like, mm. yo, so the whole- yeah, that 10K was weird, man. That, that 10K was. brought out, brought out, because uh, I did that 10K mm-hmm. uh, and I did it earlier in my career. Yeah. And uh, it brought out some some hitters. And I'm like, why is Larry Reap here? He's been doing comedy for 30 years. <laughs> what, you don't need this money. You get booked all the time. Your schedule is- you got B rooms from far as the eye can see. Where are you, what are you doing here? Are yeah. you really hurting for money? Yeah. Like your Uncle Larry. Like, what are you talking about? You have a nickname. People, you don't need to be, you don't need this money. You don't need this recognition. Like, yeah. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, it was some hitters. Uh uh Kevin Bozeman was on that show. Yeah. Uh it, it was some hitters on my on when I did 10K. I ended up, I made it to the finals and I finished sixth. I can't remember. I got a I got a check. I I, I can't remember what it was, but it wasn't, you know, they yeah, were the, the top the three did. split like 10k. I think my check was like six hundred dollars or something like that. But I mean at the time that six hundred was like, thank God I came up here. I got my six hundred. Yeah, right. Uh but uh right. But yeah, no, I was some hitter. That 10K brought out some hitters. <laughs> it was cool. It was cool for me because, like I said, I got crowd favorite. So out of the whole thing, I was the, I was everybody's favorite. And that's what Stroop was like. All right, we're gonna give you Orlando, we're gonna give you Columbus. We're gonna mm. we're gonna, we gonna work you out, see how it goes. And and after that, like they were like, yo, we get good feedback from you every time you do it. I was like, that's all I need to hear. As I go in there, Stroop, I Stroop messed with me, bro, because he said, I mean. He, I like Stroop. A lot of people don't like him. I like him because he's honest. You know what I mean? That's all and he was for, real. Man. He was super real with me. He said, Mike, um, I wish I could work you more. I work you as much as I can. But a lot of headliners don't want you featuring for them. Right. And you can't sell tickets, so I can't put you on a headline rotation. Yeah. You know, I can give you fallout dates and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, you, you can't sell tickets. Like, you're very funny. You're very good at putting on a great show. But you can't send no tickets, and I can't put you up as a feature because my headliner gonna jump off something. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I nothing. You you're not saying nothing wrong. I can't really fall. I can't really poke yeah. holes in nothing you just said. Like I can't. I ain't nobody. Don't nobody. Ain't nobody buying tickets to see Mike Paramore. You know what I'm saying? That's the that's the. I guess that's the difficult part that we're in. You know, like our pen is great, and we have a good show, and then like the people you see featuring all the time. <laughs> They know, but they just don't want to admit it. Like they're featuring because they are easy to follow. Like, and that's somebody will say to me, "Oh yeah, I'm on the road with such and such." I'm like, mm, "You're happy about that? You yeah. thought about why that? You thought about why that is?" <laughs> yeah, right. And it's it's it's. I want people to say, "Yo, yo, you you good?" Like, and I want to be. I want those dates just like they do, but I want those dates for different reasons. I want those different mm -hmm. dates so I can continue to work and continue to write more material and continue to try different things. If you give me 25 minutes, I might do 10 minutes of material that I have prepared, but the other 15 minutes will be what we were talking about. Let me yeah. work some stuff out while I'm up there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Let me let some stuff die. Like if I get the crowd and blare about that, oh, that was horrible. Ooh. All right, I'll get another joke in there to get them back on my side, but let me get that <laughs> time. Let me get them dates. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, nah, I would I'm 100 with you, bro. I've always yeah. thought that, like, wouldn't you want I Whenever I take a feature with me, I want him to do well. Like I want, want him to. I want. I want, I want my whole show to bang. You know yes, what I'm sir. saying? I don't want yes, them sir. to sit through 45 minutes of comedy that was terrible, and then here I come, got to save the day. That's too much pressure on you, boy. I want. <laughs> I want my whole show to bang. And I'm. And here's what I think: why headliners don't like that because they don't want to watch comedy no more. I don't. I feel like they're not fans of comedy anymore. Like they yeah. want to sit in the green room and come out when it's time for their set. Because if you don't watch me, yeah, it might it might be rough. Like it might be rough for you. But right. if you watch me, you could just build on what I did. Like there's a there's a Ride comic out way. of Chicago. Mm -hmm. Chicago. There's a comic out of Chicago named Pat McGann. I don't know if you ever heard Pat's name. Mm -hmm. Pat is a road warrior. Like he's he's kind of he lives in Chicago, so he's kind of in the right place. So he gets some television pub, like he's been on Conan. But he's a road warrior, like like me. He's a road warrior. Like, and when I feature for Pat. Pat spent, he said he heard about me and he was looking forward to working with me because he heard I do crowd work. Mm 
and I, I cannot do it, but he heard I do it. And I was like, I know that you do it, Pat, so I'm not going to do it. He's like, no, do it. I watch your set. So I'm not, you're not going to step on that. And I do, and I'm not going to step on that. Cause I'm gonna watch you. So go ahead and do whatever you want to do. And I'm a, and I'm a, I'm a just follow it. And I was like, I, and I had never heard, you know, most headliners don't do no crowd work. Don't scratch your left fingers. Don't, <laughs> don't bag up. Don't bag up none. Like they have this list of stuff that you can't do. But Pat was like, go ahead and do it. This no name white dude from Chicago was like, go ahead and do it. Kill. Right. So I, I was like, part of me was like, you're going to regret that. Yeah, right. <laughs> like right, I'm respectful. Right. I'm respectful in a mug. I, if listen, it, as a, if I, I never really took offense when headliners say don't do stuff because it's your name and lights. You got to be up there for an hour. I just got 25. If you go, if you talk about something for 25 minutes of your hour, then I probably shouldn't talk about that. I, I don't have a problem with that. That's fine. Absolutely. Yo. Your name and lights, that's your pressure. Ain't nobody here to see me. I'm fine with that. Plus, I can adjust. I only got 25. Right. So um, he and I was looking for him to do the same. Mike, please don't do this. I do crowd work. Don't do crowd work. He was like, go ahead and do it. I went up there, bro. And when I tell you, I had a good set. <laughs> I'm just going to yeah. say I had a good set. Yeah. When I tell you, Pat went up there and for the first 10 minutes of Pat's set was all about me and my set. And when I tell you he wow. took the stage from me, wow! I've never he. It was genius, fam. It was absolute genius. Wow! He went up there. He went up there. He started. He and it wasn't even malicious. He was just talking about me. It's like, oh, so Mike did this, and Mike said this, and and y'all just ate that up, y'all. So I see what type of people y'all are now, right now, y'all. Are, it was genius. Then the people that I talked to, he went right back to those people, and he was like, "You do realize that you deserve because you said that." So and they, everybody was dying laughing. His first ten minutes was one hundred percent about my set, bro. He complete. He completely took the stage away from me. They didn't yeah. even know who I was by the time he was twenty minutes in. They forgot all about me. I <laughs> tore that room down, and by and twenty minutes into his set, they had no idea who I was. That's like what there, there was a comic before this. Really, like, that's ama- dude, that's amazing. That's amazing. That's a that's that's psychology, actually, bro. You think about it. You think about it because most comedians, they, they you know they want to host to kind of reset the room. They want, yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> let's play the music a little bit longer. Let me take a while to get up there. You know, stuff like that. And this, you know, because you might have a comedian that's like real high energy, and then you might have a comedian that's real laid back. Right. I don't move mm-hmm. a lot on stage. I stand in pretty much the same spot. I'm not animated mm-hmm. or nothing. But my jokes get loud laughter. Cause they're mm-hmm. room, I got a lot of room turners. I got jokes that people be like, whoa, you know, still like that. Well, people oh, such and such said you too high energy to follow. I'm not high energy, man. Like, come on, man. I'm all <laughs> jokes. I didn't even move out. I, I could stay in one spot the whole time. You know what I mean? And it was like, you know, you hear some of those things, you get frustrated and I'm never going to dumb down my material. I'm never going to not do my best because you never know who in the audience. Mm-hmm. You you had people come to you after the show, but this is my first time coming to see comedy. Mm-hmm. Why would you want to be horrible? You know, I mean, we've all gotten that email. You my favorite comedian of all time. <laughs> come mm-hmm. on, like for real, like, like, yeah, I'm dead serious. I was like, and then, Nothing it's, like live comedy, bro. It's because you connect with that person. That person connects with you on a level that only you can understand. And you can be like, yo, they just got my jokes. That's all it is. They they, they yeah. feel everything I say and they 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 can vibe with me. And this person is a staunch Republican 
<laughs> Blackwoods, Georgia, but their favorite comedian is a black dude from, from South Jersey. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I, I learned so much from Pat in that weekend, man. Just about gumption, stage presence, just a lot of visual stuff, and just about honing what you do best and like like i said taking the stage from the from the neck from the first guy even if he did smash you could take the stage from him. there's ways to do that if you're watching comedy you're a fan of comedy like i hope i never get to the point where i just want to stay in the green room until it's my turn to go on stage like i i don't ever want to get to that point yeah i it's it's tough man um i love comedy man like i love working with beasts too like people that people that people might not know who they are mm-hmm. and i go you don't even understand like you mentioned one earlier like kevin bozeman them road warriors that's what i'm saying them guys who ain't who probably ain't gonna never be famous but will probably put on the best show you've ever seen in your life when, and it's a that, lot of those out there when kevin come to town i'll be telling my friends like yo go see kevin bozeman this weekend they be like yo i ain't never heard of they yo go go check that dude out man join us yeah like, they be like <laughs> And they'll, they'll be like, I'm gonna go, but then some of them don't go. And I'll be like, yo, you should have went to that joint. Like another one is like yeah. Ali, I like Ali Sadiq, or like just people that I see, and like I just be like, oh my God, like I cannot, I don't understand how they put these things together. You know, it's just amazing to me. Mm. That's why I say, man, when I saw your set, man, like when you did the joke about taking a girl on a date to McDonald's. And you was like, um, yeah, you didn't you didn't see her. Like, don't don't judge me. And I was just <laughs> laughing. I'm laughing because I'm putting myself in the car. Like, I'm like, this shit is funny as hell. But it was just, it was so funny how you brought it out because everybody's been in that situation. Everybody has been mm-hmm. in those type of deal situations. And it's something that we don't want to talk about. We don't want to talk about the bad date. We don't want to talk about the chick that wasn't that pretty. Your boys is the ones that keep bringing it up. Your boys is the one that be like, yo, ain't that your girl? Ain't that your girl? Ah, that's the girl. That's the girl Mike was messing with. And, and it's like it's that like whole a, thing. It's like a gift and a curse, too, at the same time that I can't. I'm not good at making up stuff. Like, right. I'm not good at it. Right. Like, I'm not. It's a gift and a curse. Like, so when if you hear me talk about it, it either happened to me or somebody I know. Like I, I'm not, I can't lie. I can't make up stuff. So Absolutely. it's kind of a gift and a curse. Who knows? I might be a better comedian if I could make up stuff, but I just, I can't, I, I have to wait. I have to live life. I'm the type of guy that has to live life to get material. If right. I ain't, if I ain't living life, then I ain't getting nothing funny. You know what I'm saying? Right. I ain't going to be able to make nothing up. So listen, we ain't got much. <laughs> not, that, that's, and that's the thing It's it's hard to steal a joke. If you're telling your story. It really right, is. Right. Like I tell people all the time, people are like, yo, don't you worry about people stealing your joke? I'm like they, they can try to tell it, but after a while, I've like, never. If you can make, if you can make a career out of that, if you could do that, if you, if you do better with my joke than I did, then hey, it, it was meant for you anyway. Like you know what I mean, like. <laughs> I've never, I've never worried myself with stuff like that, bro. When I tell you, cause we all, we all live in the same life. I have 20 minutes on the pandemic. That's do I really expect all of it to be something nobody else has thought of? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. for example, there's a, there's a joke that I have that I do. Um, it came up in the pandemic, but it's about women and lashes. And I'm certain somebody has talked about women and lashes before, but mine happened. And it was something that sparked. Cause I'll say, I say, um, I say, now that we have to wear masks, you got to be careful because you could be catfished in real life right now. Like you could be, you could be catfished face to face. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hat and a mask, you don't know what you're getting into. You right. know how easy it is to be sexy from here to here? 
That's it. That's all you need. Here to here. I didn't even know women had eyelashes until this shit broke out. You know, women have eyelashes. It's an industry. They have eyelash tools. They yes. they risk blindness to comb that shit out. I've never seen a nappy eyelash in my goddamn life. They risk blindness to comb it out. Then they put hot glue on their eyelids. Then they get somebody else's eyelashes, put it on their eyelashes. Now they got two eyelashes per lid. Like, you ever felt the wind from a chick blinking at you with two eyelashes per lid? It's downright comfort, and I fall asleep every time. As soon as I feel her getting tired, I wake up, I flick something in her eye, I go back to sleep. Listen, man. <laughs> Listen, bro. Ain't nobody, nobody can tell that, though. That's what I'm saying. I'm, cer- I'm certain there's a joke out I there. Somebody it. has a joke I about the wind the wind from an eyelash. I'm certain of it. I'm certain. I'm, it might, I guarantee it. It might, it might not, but what I'm saying is it's funny. That, that there, <laughs> going to sleep on it, though, that shit is funny. And then throwing something back. Come on, man. That shit is great, man. That's and then I added the I added the little tag when I give myself that 10 seconds to flex a little bit and force myself to come up with one more line. Yeah. I came up with the line I said, and please don't let one of them come off on the pillow while she sleep, because then you got to explain to her why you hit her in the face with a raid can. Right. Like, you got you to gotta get you some more hot glue. I didn't know what that was. You know what I mean? Right, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, so, allergic. Yeah. I'm allergic to centipedes. I would be, I would be, I would be so stupid if I felt like nobody else could come up with a, right. a wind eyelash joke. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, But you know what, man? It's funny, man, that some people, like, it's funny. I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. We've all been in this situation. Somebody go, damn, I wish I had thought of that, right? You'd be surprised at what people don't come up with or don't think of using and going, damn, mm. why didn't I come up with that? I have- I, I've a, heard some jokes that pissed me off. I'm like, God, I, I got a joke. Right, I was right. Oh, you son of a- <laughs> I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you a title of one of my jokes. And any any comedian that see me goes, God damn it, Bliss came up with it. But the title of the joke is the fries at the bottom of the bag. That's the title. Of the joke. <laughs> when I tell you comedians be like, why did I fucking think of this shit? And I go, yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> and like, it's, it's like one of them is like one of them jokes that it was my childhood. And I mm-hmm. was telling a story and I bring it all the way full circle and I make it and I utilize it in everyday life. And people be like, every time I fucking go to a fucking fast food restaurant and I see them goddamn fries at the bottom of the bag, I be like, goddamn Jay Bliss. And I go, yep. I said, that's why. That's, that's, that's why. That's why you came to the show that night. You know and I, I mean? and I, I'm comfortable with that type of stuff because, like, well, first of all, I recorded that joke this weekend. So Good if anybody stuff, steals yeah. it, if anybody still, I got paperwork saying yeah. I recorded it you back in April of 21. Yeah, yeah, you got this shit. You got but this shit. I just can't. I can't be bogged. I can't. I can't be bothered. Bogged down with that, man. If you if you had a point in your life or your career where you you need to steal a joke, then I mean, go ahead. I ain't famous. Wait, go ahead, bro. Do what you got to do. Hopefully, it helps you out. Because <laughs> like, I, you I, know, I don't really care, man. I feel I feel differently about it, Mike. Because the thing about it is, is somebody who is getting the bag, taking it from someone who's trying to get the bag. Mm-hmm. I feel like. Yeah, you're right. We can write more. We can come up with more material. They can take take it from us and we can go ahead and just fill it in with something different. But that's not that's not how I feel about it. I feel like if you have a platform 
and you have the ability to, to pull people up rather than take a joke from a, a dude, give them work. You buy understand what I'm me. saying? Like, buy, buy, do something. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Don't just take it because you can. That's like the dude that walk in the club and bump everybody because they, they in town and they like, mm-hmm. yo, I'm going up. You know what I'm saying? Bump, bump that fact that you got. But you got to think about think about the character of somebody like that. Like, I, I mean, I don't know how you feel about this, but my laughs are precious to me. You know what I mean? The laughs I get from a joke are precious to me. Mm-hmm. That means I created something that brought you joy. Yeah. I don't. I can't steal a joke because that's not my laugh. If I if I steal that joke and I tell it on stage, the laugh it gets, it's not mine. It right. feels dirty. Like I couldn't, st- I couldn't steal somebody's jokes because that's not my laugh. It's it defeats the whole purpose. It's like paying. It's like wanting to feel special, so you pay for sex. It's like, eh. <laughs> like yeah, right. I'm ha- I'm happy I got this joint off, but it's not gonna make me feel like I got companionship. This chick just, <laughs> she just here because the twenty, the two hundred is still on the dresser. Like that's all. Like. <laughs> Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you, right. I feel, it just feel, it doesn't feel right. It defeats the purpose for me. You know what right. I'm saying? It defeats right. the purpose. Yeah. I mean, that's a good way to look at it. That's a good analogy to use, but you know, everybody don't feel that way. Everybody don't feel that way. And everybody, you know, move a different light. You know, we had that argument with, you know, the, the, the famous comedians that's been uh, criticized or, or basically talked about being joke thieves and things of that nature. But I always feel like cream is going to rise to the top. Like the talent is always and going to prove it. So tell me what you think about this, bro. I, mm-hmm. I'm maybe I'm maybe I'm naive, mm-hmm. but I find it very hard to believe that somebody sat in the back of a comedy club, heard a nobody tell a joke, wrote it down to tell it themselves later. Like I find that very. So have you you've heard of the concept of parallel writing, right? Yeah. So this is what I do know. Um. I won't say they'll take it verbatim, but parallel writing is kind of like what I'm talking about. Like, so a premise that somebody goes, damn, I wish I came up with that. Well, somebody did, but you (laughs) took it and you taped it. And now you have that premise. You didn't tell it exactly the same way, but you heard that premise from that young buck. You understand what I'm saying? And you didn't Mm -hmm. have that premise on your set at all, but you had a special you had to do in, in, in four months. And, and people be people be getting got too. My dude, my dude out of Dayton, yeah, uh, posted a clip, mm-hmm. side by side clip of him telling a joke somebody had just recorded that was bigger than him. And I, I was like, damn, dude, it's, hurt, <laughs> it's hurtful. It's hurtful because I mean, could have been that dude closer. You know what I mean? Like you just don't know, man. Like, hey. you know, like you just don't know. It's like it's like, and it was wow. almost word. It was almost word for almost word for. I was like. Hey, that's hard. And I'm one of those people that's always like, he ain't seen still no joke because it's happened to me. It's happened to me twice on right. both sides. Right. OK. OK. So there's a joke. One of my very first jokes I ever told was very simple, very easy to come up with. Right. OK. So this is why I never thought they stole it. Other, also, I've never been in the same room as, as Gary Owens. It was Gary Owens. He okay. did a okay. joke. He did a joke on Shaq All Stars. Right. That was verbatim a joke that I used to tell him. People was hitting me up like, man, hey, Gary Owens stole your joke. So it was uh it was it was like um I can't remember how I go, but the gist of it was um I asked my sister uh a question or I told her I would meet her somewhere at seven. And she her question to me was o'clock. And I was like, 
I didn't know we had options in this situation. Like, what? Uh, what? No, seven. Meet me at seven degrees. I don't. I. What? What are? What are you talking about? So it was about my sister. Gary Owens did the exact same joke, but it was about his boss. It, it, that's all that switched out. He switched out boss for sister. Okay. And and everybody hit me up like, Gary Owens stole your joke. I'm like, first of all, that's a very one plus one is two joke. I'm certain it's happened to everybody. I know it's not, I'm not the only person to happen to. And I've never been in the same room as Gary Onis. That joke's not on tech. Like this man didn't steal my joke. It's something that he probably kept parallel writing. He he had an experience similar to mine and came with a joke. Right now reverse where I was the victim. Okay. I have, I had another joke that I did on last TV. It was a local access show. And it was about black and white. I can't remember verbatim, but it was like, um, yeah, black people. It was it was like black people will black people will kill you, but white people will keep you. They will keep your ass. You'll be in the basement of somebody's somebody's single family house. Right. And and uh, Tammy Pescatelli has a joke. Tammy. Okay. Tammy is a monster. Yeah, I love Tammy. She's one of my oh god, I love Tammy. She's one of my all time favorite. If you ever get a chance to see Tammy Pescatelli, please do that. Yeah. So Tammy has a joke that's like uh, it, it's something super similar, like hillbillies and hood dudes or something. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. Hillbillies and pimps or something, right? So it's right. it's a uh, a pimp will kill you, but a hillbilly a keep you, right. and at, same exact joke, just switched out the names, right? Right. So Tammy's people. Tammy's crowd, Tammy's fan base hit Tammy up saying, hey, it's this dude in Cleveland, Mike Paramore, stole your joke. Because she had just got out of a heated exchange with, with, um, with, uh, what's the chick that always talking about her uh, vagina? Um, she had a show, Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer. So she, right. she had gotten into a beef with Amy Schumer about Amy Schumer stealing jokes. It right. was, a, it was like five chicks that was saying Amy Schumer started jokes. Right. All them chicks backed out and then Tammy was left by herself for the heat of, uh, of Amy's, uh, crew. But anyway, right. that you can look that up. Right. But, and this was right after that. Right. Oh, okay. So Tammy's, Tammy's fan base was on 10. Right. Tammy's fan base was on 10. So they ran to Tammy like she got all types of messages. She said she got inboxes, tweets, everything from all over the place because my stuff hit hit TV. And then everybody hit up to Tammy. This dude stole your joke. Blah, blah, blah. And Tammy did it on her album. She got receipts. She did it on her album. Right. And so Tammy says, listen, I know Mike Paramore. He's right. a friend. We're both from Cle- we're both from the Cleveland area. He doesn't steal jokes. We think the same. We've worked together. Like I've given him tips on jokes. Mike is a good dude, a good comedian. Uh, he did not steal this joke. Parallel writing is a thing. Blah 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 blah. She came to my defense. Right. And and so I say that to say I've been on both sides. I've been yeah. accused of stealing, and I've and I've had people tell me somebody else stole my joke. And in both scenarios, it didn't happen. Right. So that's why I'm just. It's just super hard for me to be like. Some dude is just in the back writing your joke down. Like <laughs> it's, it's, hard. it's crazy. It's crazy. I I, I want to say, and I want to believe. I want to believe that it doesn't happen, right? I do. I want to be on that side of being the the, the the naivety of it to be like that nah, don't happen, but it does. And I mean, it's sad, <laughs> but it does. And I'm like, yo, people ain't shit sometimes. And um, I remember I was doing this comedy competition, and um, I had one North Carolina's funniest comedian. And uh, Ryan Davis hit me up the next morning. 
He like, yo, Bliss, man, congratulations. I was like, no doubt. He's like, yo, so you killed in, in Raleigh last night and you killed in Charlotte. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, man. Dude was on stage doing like five minutes of your set. I was like, what? And then like, so like, as he's telling me this, I'm getting texts from Joel Pace, who one of the bookers at the comedy zone, like, yeah, I had to pull this comedian aside last night. Told him like, yo, you did like five minutes of Bliss's set. I'm like, what, what was it? And then the dude hit me up on my DM and Facebook. And I was like, yo, call me, bro. Like, call me, man. So he called me on the phone. And I'm like, Did you know this? him? Nah, he was a new dude, like new comedian or whatever. He like, I don't, I don't think I ever saw you before. And I was like, I said, man, look, I mean, you might not have. I don't know, man. I say it might be real easy for you to just confuse yourself with when you're coming up with material. I was like, what's the joke? Tell me the joke that you told. So he started going into this whole bit about these Nickelodeon shows, these Nick Jr. shows. And I'm like, oh, man, bro. I, I, I got like 10 minutes on that, man. He's like, nah, I came up with this, man, because my kids watch it. I said, I know. I said, but you doing like the exact, like you're doing an exact order that I do it in, too. I said, like, and you using the same shows. I was like, so <laughs> I said, so you might not have heard me. I was like, but that's why they're saying you telling my joke. So he's like, yo, I wrote this. I swear to God. I said, so. Let me tell you how you can fix this. He's like, well, he said, What's that? don't said, do it in the Carolinas. You I got to go. I, I, I said, <laughs> I said, dude, it's, it's tons of shows. I said, just pick some different shows and then do those. I was like, but don't do those shows because those are the ones I said, I got a, I saw an album. It's on a recording. It's on TV. I said, it's on all these different things. I said, just do different shows. And then you won't have people think, think you, you stole. This dude tried to argue me down again. I said, dude, listen. I said, do you, man? I said, I, <laughs> I said, I don't, I don't care now. I was like, I, I told you how to get out of it. I was like, but now if you get labeled as a joke thief, ain't nobody gonna want to work with you. I was like, so, you know, do yeah, you. it's like you, you, you arguing with me like I'm the moderator over the situation. I was contacted by someone <laughs> oh, else. I don't, like, I didn't hear you said, bro. I didn't hear it. Do, do you? It don't, they gonna bother me now. They called me. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what you like? What you, what you want me to do at this joint, man? <laughs> So it's, it's yeah, no, nah, and if somebody got it on wax before you, if somebody, it, whoever, whoever gets it on wax first, that's they joke. That's they joke. <laughs> much. I mean, it's like y'all got receipts, man. You know what I mean? And that's, I love, I love that joke uh, that I had to stop telling because Tammy has a similar. I love that joke. Man. It was a perfect. It was a perfect opener. It was a light little, light little icebreaker, and it also tested the audience to see where they, where they sensibilities. Well, I love that joke, and you, Tammy got it on wax, and I, I had to stop. Telling Telling. that's Tammy joke I ain't you know you're very similar to myself where a majority of my shows are in um, mainstream rooms so I do a mm. lot I do more mainstream than I do urban and um, it is a lot of testing when we get on stage we do have to test the audience to see where they at at that moment mm. you know what I mean and I, I struggled a lot in Ohio when I first started when I would go up to Ohio and do shows man sometimes they would go with me and sometimes they just be like nope and I thought it was rough down south. Like, south was really wild for a while. Like, I remember when I first started, I was glad I started the comedy in the south because the Bible Belt, you know, it's like you can you can tip the room real quick. You know what I mean? The south needs authenticity. Um, um, I learned that a while ago. They'll rock with you if you're honest with them. Mm -hmm. um, it's just a different beast when you do an urban room. 
Like I can do an urban room. The Cleveland Improv is one hundred percent urban for some reason. Even though it's I like located, that room. I do even like though that it's located though. downtown. It's like why did y'all y'all? It's y'all for this urban room because y'all only bringing in black headliners. Like just right. stop saying y'all are urban. Like black people, white people will come downtown if you put a white person on stage. Right, but right, right. Uh, so they've completely committed to being an urban room. All the headliners is black, and I do well there. I just, if I'm being honest, bro, I don't like the comedian. I have to be. To smash an urban room, I don't. I don't like that guy. I don't like the dude. I gotta do. <laughs> I, like, I know how to do it. I, me and my boy, uh, uh, me and my boy Roy talked about it a couple different times. He was the one that put it into these nice little bullet points that made perfect sense. Um, like I was, I was saying what he was saying, but just a long, drawn out ex- explanation version. And Roy, Roy, just a master of words and just broke it down in like three sentences. You talking Roy and, what? Uh, yeah, yeah. Boy, with Julia? yeah, 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 yeah. No doubt, no doubt, man. And uh, and yet, I, I just don't like the comedian I gotta be, man. I just don't like mm-hmm. the comedian I gotta be to smash the urban room. Um, I'll do it, especially if the money right or whatever. But yeah, I, I just don't like the the. But listen, let, let me tell you this quick story. So I had an opportunity to open up for DL Hughley, right? Nice. And uh, uh, to be in his rotation of openers. And I and I turned it down because here's the here's the uh here's the blurb uh Dio's manager told me. He said, he said, and Dio was a wonderful dude. I, I actually yeah. got I actually got to meet him in, in Nashville one time. He's he's an amazing dude. But you know, he's earned the right to handle his show how he handled his show. And I was new, so I couldn't now I could it would have been no problem. But this is what he said. He said, he said, you're gonna go up. You, you need to plan to do 25 minutes. It's a two-man show. You go up, you do two, you do 25 minutes, and you introduce DL. But DL doesn't walk in the building until he's ready to go on stage. And when he walks in the building, he's ready to go on stage. So if you're in the middle of a joke and we give you the light to say DL's here, don't you don't have to finish the joke. Just stop. And introduced DL. Right. And I was like, okay, cool. And, and I was like, okay, cool. That wasn't, you know, that's hard, but okay, cool. I'm about to, I'm not about to turn down enough of DL. Here's the part that I couldn't get behind because I was too early when it when it happened. He said, now DL comes in when he wants to come in. Who knows when DL is gonna come in the building? Right. And I was like, well, what does that mean? It's like you might have to do some extra time. I was like, like impromptu extra time? Like you want me to plan for 25? but have another five ready to go in case D.O. late. He's like, nah, we've had an opener have to do like 50 before. Yes. And I was like, well, I holla at y'all. I appreciate y'all. Thank y'all so much. I appreciate everybody. Y'all, y'all have a good night, man. Can, I, my, can I go out this back door? Can I go out the back? I go, all right. I have a good one. Like, <laughs> you want me to do a spontaneous 45? <laughs> Yo, that's funny, like, man. I can't even. That's funny. It's, it's crazy because we've been in those situations even when somebody didn't ask you, though. Don't tell me you haven't <laughs> been on the show where they was like, yo, you got to keep going. Like, yo, why? Yo, right, right. John, but if John, somebody would have told you that was going to happen before, and you'd be like, I can't do that. <laughs> John, John Reap. John Reap at the Orlando Improv, yo. That joint. We, I went up, got off, went back. <laughs> I was on stage for like 45. They got a they got like 50 for me. They got um who was the host? You know the host too. If I mention his name, you know in Orlando. I can't remember his name right now. Oh, uh, Gary Mink. Ken Miller. 
No. Oh, Gary, Gary Minkie? Minkie. Gary Minkie. Good. Good. <laughs> it was Gary Minkie, me, and John Reap, man. And we had to do this rotation. And I did like 50 minutes. And I'm like, yo, I get paid extra for this. Like, you know what I'm saying? They gave me a little extra money at the end. I was like, yo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, Gary I had Minky, Kim, Kim Miller was on the podcast last week. This week, he just his episode just came out yesterday. So Ken Miller was yeah. Ken Miller's a good dude, man. But cool people. yeah, man. We we definitely we met real briefly at the um at the APCA uh conference. Mm-hmm. We were in uh, I think it was the one in Orlando. It was either Orlando or Houston. I think it was Orlando though. We met very briefly, and I think you were showcasing that night, I was showcasing the next day. Um, but I, I, I rarely, rarely, I didn't, I didn't get enough money for mine. I was like, nah, I can't keep putting this money out to do this. Like I was mm-hmm. like, nah, I was like, yeah, no, nah. nah, I usually do good at those conferences. It's just, I don't have a stomach to do a bunch of colleges, but I usually right. do pretty good at those conferences though. That's good money. Run. Who's your, who's your agent? Who's your college agent? I was doing it myself. And then, mm-hmm. um, I think the last time I went, uh, another guy wanted to be my agent. He's like, let me handle all the paperwork for you and stuff like that. And then I got less shows when I was on with him. I'm like, I should have did that shit myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there banking on somebody else to do the work for me. I was like, yo, you, it's better. Like, you, when you grind, you just, you know, you you speak better for yourself rather than let somebody speak for you. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I'm yeah. up to somebody's face. I'll be like, yo, I need this work. <laughs> get this school and then I'm gonna get this school and that school and I could do I could do a run and I can get y'all cut y'all a deal. They be like, yeah. word, like, yeah, how much y'all talking about? I'm like, sure, I do that joint for like twelve hundred a piece. That's one thing about colleges, boy. That check be looking real nice. Dude, but you, if you can if you can make it out, if you can make it out without killing yourself, like then you then you're good but a college will take your soul from you bro yeah, well, <laughs> you, I, you ain't I, ready I learned, yeah i learned the 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 gift of how to do it like they they're not prepared for comedy like they just they just there to, they, they it, have a good the time. situation the situation blows my mind like you're you're referring you're referring to one that's structured and then it's not great and you got to figure it out. I'm talking about showing up to a cafeteria where it's 12 students spread out and I'm in the middle talking to absolutely nobody, but that one chick who keeps looking up from her laptop every once in a while, like, and and like <laughs> trying to do 60, trying to do 60 minutes. You want me to do it? You want me to stand up here for no reason and, and for an hour and it's four people paying attention. Yo. And, and you and you think about it like this. This was the kicker that always blew my mind. You gave y'all must got dough to burn because you gave me fifteen hundred, and four people were half paying attention. Yo, that's one student's entertainment fee for the semester. So that money don't mean nothing to them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They got they got they got Stone Temple Pilots coming next week. Like it, it like it don't matter to them. They got to spend that money regardless. That's why the price didn't matter to them. You know what I'm saying? But Broward County Community College mm. <laughs> had me on a street corner with a speaker and a microphone. You are lying. And they had free you are pizza. Lying. Come You're lying. <laughs> Come get this free piece and listen to this comedian. I performed in front of a I performed in front of a burger bar. It was it was people were lined up on this burger. It was like bread, meat, lettuce, tomatoes, mustard, <laughs> you, and I'm you I'm and standing. <laughs> 
I'm standing next to the burger bar trying to get people's attention, bro. Yo, it, it was oh my god, it's been yo. some horror stories, bro. I could talk to you all day about yes. I tell you this one thing where it was a black <laughs> college, right? It was a uh, black college. They saw me at one of the one of the one of the joints where you where right. all the colleges go, one of the showcases. Right. And and the lady came up to me. And at this point, I was pretty decent at comedy. I've been doing that was probably my second year doing college. So I was like, I'm good. So this lady walked up, she's like, our, the, our students, because she brought like four students, our students love you. We would love to have you come to the college, but I just want you to know the kids are a little tough. Yeah. Don't and lie. I was like, I get that. I get that. I, I you know, you, you got to win them over. You got to get their attention. That's cool. I understand that, man. I would, I would love to, I would love the challenge. Go ahead, bring me out. Cool. Show up to the college, bro. It's in an, it's in an auditorium, which is first you like, okay, good. At least it's set up for comedy. I uh, go backstage. I'm like, show me the stage. I want to, I want to see, I just want to see what's going on. I go out uh, and I put the curtain aside, bro. When I tell you it is a club happening in this situation, in this, these kids, these kids is a DJ on stage. Yes, sir. (laughs) There's two chicks twerking professionally on the floor. Everybody else is doing chants. It's a sorority in the back stepping. Like this is a a, a a jump off, right? This is a thing. And they're like, and I'm like, am I am I here on the wrong day? When is the show? Yeah. They're like, yeah, we're gonna get it started in like 15. Okay, wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait. Yes, sir. Let me, yes, sir. Let, me, let, me, let me let me understand what you're trying to tell me. You're gonna stop the best time these kids have ever had in their life because they are getting it in. Cause that one chick twerking, she gonna get paid for that. I'm gonna give her a couple dollars if she's doing it when I get out there. They're having the best time of their lives. You're gonna stop them, make them sit down and listen to me talk. Right, right. What? Yeah. So yeah. I instantly was, I instantly was definitely, definitely afraid, bro. Definitely That's afraid. Funny. I went to the back. I went to the back. I went out, and when I tell you the first five minutes, absolutely terrible nobody yeah. was listening to me not one laugh not wow. one laugh fam wow. not one laugh here's what saved me here's what saved me the mc or whoever uh with the djs like a tandem the mc or whatever was this kind of uh popular very popular guy i think he was a he was in a, a fraternity very popular everybody in the room knew who he was but he was gay clearly gay like he had like bedazzled button-up shirt with something right. written on the back and everything <laughs> right, right. so he had a mic he had a mic and why would you get never mind anyway but he has a microphone Right. And he he says something in the microphone <laughs> or coughing or uh, whatever, corny or whatever. He says something clowning me in the microphone. I just shut the show off. I was like, OK. <laughs> and I just start roasting this dude. Right. I just start roasting this dude. Right. I'm just and I, I'm not even caring about political correctness. I'm right, like, I'm right, already right, right. I'm already fired. Like this right. was terrible. There's no reason for them to bring me back. Like this was terrible. Right. And so I'm like, you know what? Forget it. If I'm going to go out, I'm going to take a little bit of my soul with me. So when I tell you, bro, I, ch- I turn to the side. I'm like, are you serious right now? Right. And I, I'm like, are you really trying to clown me with, <laughs> really, with, with spray tan jeans on? I can see your pussy, dude. I, <laughs> like, I can see your pussy, fam. Like, you got <laughs> on spray tan jeans, and you're about to get a yeast infection because I know you're starting to fire oh, in them goddamn jeans. 
and and because you you switching way too hard. Like I was, I just was roasting it, and you can't talk uh, about gay people nowadays. So I'm nah. I'm extra in trouble, right? Nah, right. So I start roasting him. Then another dude, I saw a group of dudes that they probably played for a team. I just was reckless. I started just firing <laughs> in different directions. People who didn't deserve it because I'm just like, and I was like, and y'all got DJ DJ push button over here. He ain't even doing shit. Playing he playing Spotify on his iPhone. This ain't even a DJ. He not won't you mix something? Let me see right. mix something. Right. Instead of right, just pressing right. play right, and, right. and waiting for this chick to twerk her hips out so you can get some attention. Like I'm just I'm just, <laughs> I'm on 10. And when I tell you they they I got their attention. Yeah. Cause I roasted everybody for a good 15 minutes and I got right. their attention. The room was quiet again. Nobody yeah. was clowning me. So I tried a couple more jokes. <laughs> it was like nah, go back to roasted, right? Go back to roasted. Yo, it's crazy. Cause like I mean, black school, I went to a black school. So I went to Johnson C. Smith in Charlotte. And they are we were known for booing comedians. We booed Chris Tucker in night in 91. <laughs> and his movie came out in 95. Like, and it was 90, no, it was 94. He got booed, and the movie came out in 95. He came mm. to the school. We like, that was a dude. That was it. And we didn't even know who he was. We like, we, we, we booed him out. The, we booed him. I did a show at my school with Michael Blackson. Mm. Michael Black, I go pick Michael Blackson up from the hotel. They was like, yo, can you go pick him up? I, all right, cool. I get, he's like, yo, um, I heard they boo. I was like, yeah, man, I graduated from here. I was like, we, we hell on comedians, bro. He was like, all right. He's like, how much time you supposed to be doing? I said, they told me to do 25. He was like, you gonna do it? I was like, yeah, I'm good. I was like, I graduated from here. It's like, all right. Man, they introduced me as the alumni. Like, yo, do graduate from John C. Smith. Y'all give it up, Jay Bliss. I get on stage, man. Them dudes half clap me. I was like, <laughs> I know you just heard this bitch tell me, <laughs> tell y'all I graduated from here, yo. They was like, prove it. I'm like, prove it. <laughs> like, I'm like, yo. I'm like, I graduated from here. They like, yo. So they was like, I say, freshman still got co-ed? They was like, nah. I was like, exactly. Y'all still fucking down in the science hall? They was like, yeah. I was like, all right, then. Everybody was like, yeah, he went to school here. I'm like, I'm, I'm like yo, I'm trying my best. Michael Black's in the back like, yo. I said, yo. <laughs> I said, listen, when I got done with my set, I, I mean, I did decent, right? When I got done with my set, I told him, I said, yo, start with the uh, little dance you do, bro. I said, that's the only thing I'm going to tell you. Just go ahead and start with the dance. Because that's the only way they're going to be able to, they, they waiting for you to do the bullshit you do on social media. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. black schools, man, I've seen Steve Brown kill a black school. Yeah. Because he does yeah. the homecomings and stuff, and he just know how to get their attention, man. But Colleges take your soul, fam. Listening? Shit, they ain't listening at all. I had <laughs> I, I did another one with the Wild and Out dudes. Went back mm. to my school again. I went up there and did a set or whatever, and they was tweeting while I was on stage. <laughs> and I learned this from Mia Jackson. Mia Jackson, me and Mia Jackson did a black school one time, and they was tweeting her while she was on it. She was killing their ass on the tweets, going back and forth with them after the show. And that's exactly what I did. Dude was like, man, that dude looked like Mr. Clean up on stage with that bald ass head. Then the one, one girl was like, I said, I'm gonna be clean as hell when I cast this check. Dude was like, oh, like <laughs> he was like, he gave me a follow. The other girl was like, he looked like she like he sounded like my dad telling jokes. I said, you wish your dad looked as good as me. And <laughs> she, gave me a, she gave me a follow. I was just tweeting. I was tweeting everybody had something to say. And that's just how that's yeah. how I got through this shit, man. But 
Yeah, them black schools are something different, man. Something. Yeah, different. I didn't left. I didn't left with my tail between my legs on a couple of colleges, bro. Yeah, man. I mean, but that money, you'd be like, hey, you know, you chase that money, like, yo, I'll go ahead and get yeah, this. You check. don't have no choice, especially when you check. at the time frame you are in your career when you actually get into colleges, you desperately need that. Though, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, man. Um, real quick, man. I we a little bit past the time, man, but it's been a great conversation, man. Um what I like to do on a Bliss is Ignorant podcast, uh, if you ever watch the Actors Guild studio, rest in peace, James Lipton, he would fire questions off at the guests. They would just answer the question with the first thing that come to their head. Um, so here's my here's my uh, attempt at that. Uh, what's your favorite word? My favorite word, moist. I love saying moist <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> I'll be, I'll, I'll be, I'll, I'll be in an empty, I'll be in an elevator full of people. Like this is a moist situation, ain't it, y'all? <laughs> I, love, I love how uncomfortable it makes people. Yo, so for no reason, you just be like, yo, I'm gonna throw this in there, yo. Moist. <laughs> moist. No. Or if I, or if number two is, I love calling stuff. Uh, that's not supposed to be sexy, sexy. I love like sexy doorways or sexy chairs. <laughs> like I love that too. So sexy and moist. Yo, that's hilarious, Joe. What's your, what's your least favorite word? Uh, my least favorite word is any cuss word that comes out of a woman's mouth. I hate when women cuss. It makes me cringe. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't have yeah. a good reason for it. It's just yeah. a, it just sounds. I hate it. I just hate it. I don't know why. Yeah. I, just, I don't like it. So female comedians that cuss, you just be like, Ugh. Ugh. It, it just, it just, it just sound, it just, it just sound like a punch to the face every time. Like yeah. when a when a woman drop a hard bitch or fuck, like you like, Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> that's funny. Um, so I have a a phrase uh, that's behind me here. TTBS. TTBS stands for that's that bullshit. Basically, anything and everything you have, there's absolutely no control over your life. Um, so in your mind, what's TTBS to you? What's that's that bullshit to you? I I would say anytime I'm stereotyped, because like you said, I'm a big bearded black dude and I fit, I'm gonna be honest, I fit several profiles. Nigga. Speak, I, speak fit the pro- it, I, f- I fit the profile like a mug. I can't even be mad at you. Right. But you can think that without acting on that. You know what right. I mean? Because you don't know if I fit the profile for real. You know what I'm right. saying? So anytime, like, for example, I had an opportunity, my first TV credit to do comic view. I had an opportunity to do comic view and I didn't, I passed on it because I didn't want to be the black dude from Cleveland as seen on BET because that wasn't, mm-hmm. I feel like on paper that wouldn't, have, you know, that would have looked bad and it, you know, they would have pigeonholed me and thought they knew what they were going to get from this hood dude from Cleveland, big bearded hood dude from Cleveland that's been on BET. I already know what I'm going to get. Right. So I say anytime that I'm prematurely judged because you, I'm a mainstream comedian. I don't talk about nothing urban. I don't, you right. know, I'm not even, I'm borderline clean unless, you know, I get into the crowd and then that can go either way. <laughs> right. right. Absolutely. But Absolutely. I, and that's that book when I get stereotyped, like, like, Oh, you want to do you black? You want to do Wednesday night? It's like, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> don't, no, don't talk about the Wednesday night. Now that's, 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 that's his nigga night that's what they do like yo they will give you a wednesday night but they will not give you the weekend that is some bullshit <laughs> i hate that joint man but you're right man that um 
that stereotype. They already know what they're going to get. That uh, or you know when you go to a club and they be like, "Yo, you seen them on uh, Def Jam, BT, Comic View?" I'm like, "Yo, I started in 2005. No, y'all didn't. Stop. Don't don't do that. Don't put me on. Don't put me in that boat. You know what I'm saying? Like I yeah. I've been I've been on so many flyers with 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 Comic View and Def Jam under my picture. I'd be like, I'm I have not been on any of those. You go look and you if you find it, you let me know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, the opposite of that is the shit. So what is the shit to you? I love the instant gratification of affecting somebody's life. Like when somebody comes up to me after a show and yeah. tell me how the set affected them or how they needed that break or how that laugh was so, or they been through something or they had a death in the family and like this, they didn't even think about it the whole hour I was on stage or blah, blah, blah. That to me is the reason I do comedy. That's the shit right there. That's Absolutely. that shit. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And that's happened to a lot of us, man. That's always dope. Or you get the letter or the, or the, or the message, the long message in your inbox. Mm-hmm. You're like, damn, cancel survival. Or, you know what I'm saying? You just lost your dad or, you know what I'm saying? That's always dope, man. If uh, no one knew who Mike Paramore was and I had to introduce you to the world, what's your walk on music? <laughs> uh, two, ch- two, two choices. Uh-huh. There is a, uh, a song that my dude made for me uh that is a mix of my niece's voice because my niece my family my name is mike my family calls me mikey um but she can't say mikey so she calls me kiki and she has this thing (laughs) where she said where she says hey she has she was saying hi to me and she said hey kiki and my dude mixed it for me and made this and made this song uh that i used to to come up at right to this day, I use that song to come up. Or I can't remember dude's name. Um, I can't remember dude's name, but he has a song called uh, "Muffins in the Freezer." And what? listen, bro, listen to me. Listen to me, bro. Please do yourself a favor and look up "Muffins in the Freezer," bro. It's a dope right. song. Okay, I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to find that other. I'm gonna try to find my my niece song real quick. But go ahead. Muffins in the freezer. All right. Muffin in the freezer, bro. <laughs> you gotta be looking at this thing right now, man. Oh, here we go. Can you? Here, hold on, hold on. Here we go. And then at the end, she says, uh, she said this. Hold on. Bro, I love that song, bro. So that's, yeah. so that's, so actually, you know, so let me give you a thing. So if you're doing a podcast, you got to use your own music because if you use somebody's music, they're going to tell you to take it down. So that's perfect. That's perfect right there. You got your own little intro music and everything for anything that you do. That's dope, bro. Now yeah. I pulled up this muffins in the freezer. That's all the joy. Is Tags? Is that the name of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what this joint is, man, but let me Bruh, play let me Muffins in the Freezer is. real hold quick. On, Hit on, that on, opening. Man. All right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Muffins in the freezer, Yo, they be so lit. You, so you come out on stage. <laughs> <laughs> that is 
that is funny as hell, yo. So no. I'm gonna tell you one of the funniest things that I've seen is, uh, and I had him on the podcast too. JJ Williamson does mm-hmm. a, does an opening. He what he does what he does with um um the underground kings man, and he got the dude with the little bass, the doom doom doom, and he do, mm. he do the opening man. I've seen him do 20 minutes of that shit, man. And when I tell you it's funny every damn time, <laughs> he actually got to meet the dude that played the bass line on that song because he he make fun of it the whole time. And he's like, I want to know who that dude is that do the bass. And 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 it is so funny, man. But they got this whole documentary about it on YouTube, man. It's hilarious as hell, man. Yeah, yeah man, that's yeah. perfect. That's funny. Um, so if you retire from the game, you retire from the game, you done with comedy, last show, what's your walk-off music? For the end this thing. Oh God, I, I'm probably it's probably something I ain't come up with yet. Yeah, um, probably something I ain't heard yet. Some not some that ins- inspires that that walking off into the sunset feeling. Yeah, um, I don't know, man. Honestly, I'm I I'm so grateful to just do comedy. I'm a I'm a retire as a cruise ship comedian, just die on stage, bro. I ain't walking off. <laughs> I'm going nowhere. I hear that, man. Um, what what do you think you would be doing if you um if you weren't doing comedy? Uh, probably still being, uh, probably still a mechanic. I, I my last job, I had a million jobs. I've never had a job for longer than a year in my entire life. Wow. Um, uh, until the only two was mechanic. Uh-huh. and comedy that's it there's only two jobs that every other job i had because i had this pattern i get bored but i have this pattern i want to be the best so when i get a job i'm like a superhero for the first six months until i win all the awards that you can win and employee this and and fastest to this and that and then after that i'm done like i figured it out i'm good and like i get real lackadaisical and, and by the end of the year i'm fired so i go from <laughs> i go from the best the best there the best there was the most promising prospect to being fired in a year, all in yeah, one year. No doubt, no doubt. Man, that's <laughs> that's we going to end it on that one, man. Yo, <laughs> man, you've been a great guest, man. I appreciate the fact that you actually just came on and chopped it up with me, man. Um, Like I said, yeah, we, sure. we don't know each other personally, but I do appreciate any comedian that comes on uh, with me that isn't a personal friend of mine or somebody that I know within the industry. But I respect you, man. I respect your pen. I, I want great things to happen for you, man. And hopefully we'll be able to hit the stage one time uh, or two together, man, sometime in the near future, man. But uh, big appreciate you, bro. 21, man. And dude, don't be a stranger, man. Don't be. Thanks for having me on, brother. I appreciate you, man. No doubt, man. Big thanks to you, man. Your name came up on my episode with Kevin Bozeman. That's why when I was like, yo, I got to get Mike on here, man. So yeah, yeah. absolutely, man. No Kevin doubt. is family, man. I love Kevin. Cool people. Yeah, man, no doubt. Y'all, 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 uh, y'all, y'all would be a y'all would be a dope show. When he told me y'all was on the show together, I was like, that's that's crazy. Like, I probably wouldn't be able to make it out of that one because Kevin was one of those people who didn't shy away from following me either. He just, he just, and you know, Kevin's a monster, so he he'll take it to the he'll take it to the next level regardless. The thing that makes Kevin amazing and that he will always be able to follow anybody is because Kevin doesn't have that that filter saying "Don't say that." <laughs> Listen, like, man. I'm a, like people, people always look at me like, oh, Mike is going to Mike say Mike say the most reckless, most reckless stuff. And I'll be like, mm. nah. I think Kevin, I think Kevin, every time Mike said it, I'm like, mm. I got a line. I got a line. I got a line. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah, that's a, I, I, I've, I've tapped into the shock factor wording 
of things uh, over the last three years. Mm. And I, I've actually stepped into that realm. Like you actually said that on stage. <laughs> and it's like, I, I, I'm almost trying to move it to a portion of my show called calling it like the podcast Blizz is ignorant. Mm -hmm. um, these are things that go on in my head that I'm not supposed to say, but I'm gonna say it in front of y'all. Like that's the kind of, <laughs> that's the kind yeah, of yeah. thing I do yeah, yeah. whenever I say those things, but it's just stuff that I just be like, yo man, I'm tired of being with these handcuffs on us. Oh, you can't say that you're going to offend these people. You're going to do this. You're going to do mm -hmm. that. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. And that's why I keep telling people that ain't what comedy is, man. Like for somebody to tell me, I can't say that you're not allowed to laugh at anything else that I say. <laughs> you can't laugh at nothing 100%. I say. If you tell me I can't, you tell me I can't say this. You shouldn't have laughed at that Mexican joke I just said. Yeah, no, nah, I'm, I'm with you. I, like I said, uh, with comedy being so subjective, you got two options: laugh and don't laugh. Everything else, you leave that up to the to the internal uh, uh, the internal sensibility of everybody. Because somebody loved it, even though you mad at it. So laugh or don't laugh. Those are two options. I tell people all the time that joke wasn't for you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, that gay joke wasn't funny. It wasn't for you. It was for the gay people that's laughing at it. That ain't for you. You ain't gay. Right. Why you Why you 100%. worried about it? You know what I mean? So you know it, man. You already know what it is, man. So big, big ups to you, man. I'm looking forward to the uh, the dry bar, your second dry bar special. Anybody listening to this, man, go check out the first dry bar special. I guarantee you will laugh all the way through that bad boy. <laughs> and uh, and uh, look, man, big ups, dude. Thanks again. Appreciate y'all, man. All right, Be man. Easy. Peace.